Hi, I'm Susan Raff, and welcome to Real Talk. To say that we are in difficult times these days is probably an understatement. We are seeing violence all over our country just this year alone, more than 200 mass shootings. And this week, something important has happened in Washington. The House has passed legislation uh, that limits uh, some access to high-powered assault weapons. It passed a uh, bill that would raise the age from 18 to 21 uh, for uh, those uh, buying assault weapons and a number of other things which have already passed here in Connecticut. Uh, whether it goes to or passes the Senate and there is an agreement there remains to be seen, but there's no question that there seems to be a lot of pressure on lawmakers to do something to save our children, especially what we've been seeing in Uvalde and Buffalo and Sandy Hook and other places. So we wanted to have Jeremy Stein on from the Connecticut Against Gun Violence to talk about some of the things that have passed here in Connecticut, some of the things that they're looking at in Washington. So thank you, Jeremy, for joining us on Real Talk. Thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure. Right. These are just, I mean, what we're witnessing and, you know, for anyone watching some of the testimony from some of these young children and, you know, those who are uh, survivors are not lucky. They're going to be scarred forever. But I think what's happening is that people realize that the places that they thought were safe are not. Yeah, I mean, that's happening all over the world, all over our state, um, you know, we we thought we knew where where we could be safe. We thought we knew, like, okay, gun violence is only going to exist in our cities. And I think some of the wake up calls that we've seen from you know Columbine, Sandy Hook, Parkland, and now Uvalde and Tulsa, and even in Buffalo, um, is that we we are vulnerable in this country. Um, we everyone, whether we're talking about schools, churches, mosques, universities, or just walking down the street, like we are all vulnerable to gun violence. Right. And in this country, unlike other countries, the Second Amendment does give uh, people the right and the freedom to own guns. And maybe those who don't have weapons, you know, there seems to be a big uh, division between people who can't understand why anyone would want an AR-15, and if that was really intended. But the fact is, they are legal, but some of these provisions would kind of limit uh, who can buy them or require more background checks so that they don't get in the wrong hands. Yeah, Connecticut has some of the strongest gun laws in the country. And after Sandy Hook, and even before Sandy Hook, um, we enacted laws that are designed to save lives. Um, Look, no one needs an assault weapon. Um, these are weapons that are designed for warfare um, with one use in mind, which is to kill a lot of people. Um, it should not be in the hands of civilians. Um, so, um, but there are a lot of other laws that we've enacted um, that protect the public permit to purchase systems, which require a permit, which also require both a background check and training. Um, and this is a law, you know, having a permit, having training and having a background check. This is a law that more than 90 percent of Americans agree we should have not only in their state, but in every state in the country. One of the things that we hear constantly, not only in this debate and others, is that, you know, uh, guns don't kill people. People kill people. And we have a huge mental health uh, issue in this country. But let's be honest, I mean, Canada and other countries have mental health problems 
uh, as well. But, you know, when you add the gun component, there is the red flag law, which passed here in Connecticut. Uh, They tweaked it again. Tell us about that. That is something that they're talking about in Washington. And that does take a look at those who may not be stable and whether they should actually have a gun in the first place. Yeah, I mean, look, we don't have a mental health problem that is any greater than any other country in the world. What we have is more guns than any other country in the world. And the red flag law, um, which we refer to in Connecticut as the risk warrant, um, it's also known as the extreme risk protection order or ERPO. Um, And what that is, is a law where, and it was invented in Connecticut, it is a law that allows the police to immediately seize firearms in a, in a situation where there is a urgent need, right? So this is an emergency situation where someone's at risk to harm either themselves or others, and the police need to act immediately to get the hands out of uh, to get the gun out of the hands of somebody that will cause harm to to, to someone. And so um, there are lots of protections that go along with this law. Um, the courts are involved. Um, there is due process. Um, But the one thing we do know is this law works. It saves lives. For every 10 times this is used, it saves a life. This is something that has been proven. Right, because I think in many of the cases where there has been a mass shooting, uh, you know, that you find out from family members, people say, well, they weren't, you know, there are warning signs all along. This is not your well-adjusted person who goes into a school and blows away children. And this is, you know, this is something that happens every day. And I want to make that clear is that within the last 24 hours, I've gotten two phone calls from people who utilize this law. One was uh, someone who wanted to shoot up a university um, and then kill himself. And then the other one, uh, the other person uh, said that uh, they are their mental health provider. And they said that they had a client that wanted to, to kill themselves with a firearm. Um, the, 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 because they were able to immediately go to the police or go to the court, um, to get guns out of the hands of somebody that's in crisis, it, it could save a life. It could save many lives. And had this been in place, uh, in some of those states where we've seen mass shootings, we would not see the loss of life that we're seeing in this country. I want to talk to you about something that's Connecticut, some homegrown, uh, legislation, and that is Ethan's Law, which is really the product of, Kristen and Mike Song, who have fought very hard uh, despite a tragic, tragic loss of their 15-year-old son, who was at a friend's house, uh, and they were playing with a gun, and he accidentally shot himself. Um, And they have pushed for Ethan's Law now uh, on a national level, but it passed in Connecticut. It got bipartisan support, uh, and it basically just requires that all guns be safely secured, loaded, and unloaded. Right. I mean, the gun was in a shoebox uh, with uh, uh, bullets. So why is that such a difficult thing to get passed through Congress? Or is it? I, I wish I knew why it was so difficult. I mean, this seems to be really common sense. Um, you know, even even the NRA um, promotes safe storage. In fact, if you look on their um on their materials, on their educational materials, their their booklets that they give out when they train people, it says on the cover of that safe storage principles. So every gun owner knows that when the gun's not in use, you you need to store that um, safely. You need to make sure that the ammunition is separate from the, the gun. And most importantly, you need to make sure that those firearms 
are not going to end up in the hands of children or people uh, who should not have firearms. Um, so why is this difficult? I wish I wish I knew because it it seems to be such a common sense approach to reducing gun violence. And Kristen and Mike Song have done a tremendous job turning their grief into into action and to try to save more lives so that this doesn't happen. Um, and this country really needs to kind of wake up and and make sure that we're doing everything that we can to protect our our citizens, but especially our children. Um, right now, our children are becoming sacrifices. I was listening last night to Nicole Hockley, who was on CNN, and you know, her son Dylan died at Sandy Hook. And, you know, obviously, uh, she remembers this brings back a lot of bad memories for her crying and being upset. And um, but she feels that things are different, even though she's disappointed that here we are 10 years later and nothing has passed that there is a lot of pressure on lawmakers to do something. And maybe some of that has to do with this emotional testimony. You know, I don't remember that being such a, uh, as visible during a Sandy Hook. A lot of these parents didn't, you know, how to handle their grief and, and it was difficult to do it publicly. But, you know, here, just days after, you know, these mass shootings, we are seeing the real trauma. Uh, you know, when you hear of a young girl, 11 years old, who smears blood on her face in a classroom because she wants to make the gunman think that she's dead. I mean, that, how do you, I get chills thinking about that. Yeah, I was on a call yesterday and one of the survivors of um, of Uvalde were talking about how we live in a country now where the only way to identify your dead children in a school is by looking at their sneakers. Um, I, I don't know if that doesn't bring chills to, to you and, and, and cause you to as Chris Murphy said, do your job in Congress, right? I, I don't know what will. And, you know, Nicole Hockley and Mark Barton, others in Sandy Hook, you know, everyone, including us, believed that Sandy Hook would be the catalyst that may change, right? If not now, then when? If, if 26, um, you know, dead children in a school didn't make change, then what? Um, but, um, and this keeps happening. And so um, we're hoping, we are hopeful that, now is going to be the time that we see that kind of change in this country. Otherwise, it's just going to keep happening. Um, one, one other thing is that I want to note that we've been talking, we had a discussion with people in New Haven, um, and we were talking to communities who see this kind of violence every single day. Um, so the shootings that we're talking about in our schools and in universities and in Buffalo um, while everyone may feel helpless and feel like they're, you know, that they're powerless to do this. There's also communities in our cities like New Haven, Hartford, Bridgeport, and other areas in the country where they're seeing daily gun violence. And that's also an area that we have to concentrate on. We need to make sure that all people in the United States are protected equally. Right. And I understand that. And I know Kristen Song, in addition to uh, pushing for Ethan's Law, uh, has been very active in some of the uh, inner cities and providing school programs and mentoring uh, because it is true. You know, I mean, gun violence has been part of our cities for a long time. So red flag laws could help storage, but also ghost guns. And I understand that in uh, Hartford, they're seeing quite an increase in the amount of ghost guns that are now being, uh, you know, confiscated. Um, 
And I think most gun owners support the fact that if you have, you're making a gun online, it should be registered or it should have a serial number because that can make it traceable. I mean, for everyone to just go and be able to make a gun and use it in a crime, uh, that's a real threat and concern for our communities, isn't it? Absolutely. And we're seeing that in all of our cities. We're seeing an increase in ghost guns in New Haven, Bridgeport, Waterbury. We're seeing them in places where where they weren't really recovering illegal guns. Um, and because it's it's easy to make, it's easy to get. And that's part of the problem. You touched on it earlier about um, you know mental health being a, a cause of gun violence, but it's really the ease of access um, that that is the cause of all this. And um, ghost guns, um, not only is it something that should be traceable, but it's also that l- you shouldn't be able to bypass the strong laws that Connecticut and other states have by ordering something online or making it in your basement. And so if we have permit to purchase laws and background checks and training requirements in Connecticut in order to purchase a firearm from a dealer, you should have the same requirements uh, to own a firearm um, or to make one in your basement. It just doesn't make any sense that we're going to have this bypass and say, here's our strong laws, but if you want to make it yourself, you don't need a background check. That That is a recipe for disaster. One of the things that I keep hearing also from uh, gun owners, not gun owners, but gun store owners and uh, Republicans in Congress is that this is a, a, an attempt to try to take guns away. I don't really see it as that. I, I don't see any of these measures as taking guns away. Uh, if you limit uh, a magazine from 30 to 10, like it is here in Connecticut, or you require a better background check for someone who's 18 who wants to purchase an AR-15 immediately. Uh, all of these things are not taking anyone's gun away, even having them uh, have a serial number on a gun. It's just a safety measure. So I, I guess I'm not clear on how these measures infringe upon that right to own a gun. They don't. They don't infringe on their rights at all. Um, and, um, you know, one thing is very clear. Um, we've been hearing this for a very long time, that there is a slippery slope, that these laws will will violate constitutional rights or take people's guns away. And it simply is not true. Um, and you know, we saw more guns being sold during the Obama administration than any other administration. And so, you know, that's very telling. And what that is, is that that is um, a perpetuation of fear, right? That is that is caused by people believing that they're safer with guns um, or that somehow they won't have the ability to get the gun tomorrow. And the truth of the matter is you aren't safer with a gun. In fact, you are you are more at risk not only to die from that firearm that you own, but recent studies show that oh, just having a firearm in your home makes you a greater risk of dying outside of your home. Um, so, you know, safe storage, uh, once again, this is a very simple concept. Um, the gun industry, they could make a lot of money by selling a lot of safes um, and a lot of gun locks, um, but they choose not to. Um, they choose to sell uh, firearms that are increasingly less safe. Well, I think to your point, if guns made us safer, we'd be the safest country in the world because we have more guns in this country than we do people, right? And Old Lyme, uh, I think, uh, just announced recently that they're looking at security 
arming their security guards outside schools. I remember after Sandy Hook, I think Glastonbury was one of the first schools uh, to do that. Um, I I don't know. You know, I I don't know if that makes uh, a good environment for kids uh, to walk into a school and see armed guards outside of their school. I mean, we know more guns equals more gun death. That that is that is just a fact. Um, the more guns you have in any given area, the more likelihood that you're going to have gun death. Um, arming teachers would be a, a colossally bad idea. Um, you know, having resource officers that are police officers in in with firearms. I understand why there's a concern, but there's still nothing that says that this is going to make things better. It's more of a feeling that people have, like, oh well, if I have a police officer here, I will feel safer. But we saw officers um, in all of these mass shootings, whether we're talking about Buffalo, Uvalde, Parkland, there was an armed security officer in Parkland that did nothing. There were two police officers that responded to the Tree of Life church shooting that, that were shot. There were in, in Uvalde, there were officers that were shot. So just having a firearm and responding to a shooter situation does not mean that things are going to go well. Um, and I think that what we really need to do is to, we need to be looking at root causes. Why, why are people resorting to gun violence? Why is it so easy for an 18 year old to get a gun in parts of the country? Um, we're just making it way too easy for these things to happen. Right. I think Ohio just passed legislation, which allows uh, teachers to be armed. And, uh, Senator Murphy did a uh, Facebook uh, town hall earlier this week with a woman, Debbie Miller, I think the organization is uh, responsible gun owners. She's also she's a gun owner and she's also um, a teacher. And she felt that that was not a good uh, idea and that, you know, you may see a mass exodus of teachers uh, because they don't they don't want to do that. And, and that they don't feel that that's their mission in life. They are educators. Right. I, I, I can't with all the things that teachers are responsible for. I can't imagine putting one more responsibility on top of them, which is you are now going to arm yourself and be responsible for the safety of the students and making sure that gun doesn't discharge accidentally or end up in the wrong hands or, or, or that you accidentally shoot somebody. Um, you know, one of, let me, when Parkland happened shortly after Parkland, I was actually down in Parkland, Florida. And I went to the high school right after the shooting it was the first day of school, the very first day that they went back. And I wanted to go down and offer my support. Um, and I went onto the campus. I drove onto the campus. There was no security. I, I was able to get out of my car, walk around the campus. No one questioned me. I walked into the front office. It, the doors were unlocked. Uh, I sat in that office for a very long time until somebody finally asked me if I needed help. And the reason why I'm telling this story is there was no security. You know, they were looking to solve a shooting problem by adding more guns to the school when the simple fact is they could have just added locks and security systems or security guards. Um, there are ways that we can make buildings and schools more secure, but but arming teachers or or putting more guns in the school is not the answer. Let's start at the basics. Let's start with locks and magnetic keys um, and just you know, having people present, teaching people that if they see something that is out of the ordinary or, you know, is, is odd behavior, that they need to say something to, to someone so that, that 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 gets taken care of. Right. And much of that has already been done after uh, Sandy Hook. I mean, we have bulletproof glass and we have special locks on doors. I recently went to a temple in West Hartford uh, and there's money now uh, in the state budget to help uh, places of worship. 
because that's where we've seen violence. So we've covered a lot of ground here uh, today. Um, and there is a lot of pressure. Uh, is there optimism? Do you think that the Senate will do something that it may be not as much? I heard somebody, Nicole Hockley said this, you know, they, you know, it may not be as much as people want. It may be too little, but something is better than nothing. I'm very optimistic. I mean, we are seeing people all over the state and the country who are demanding change. Our numbers are increasing. People are marching. Um, we're seeing a real movement here. And we're seeing legislators who normally would not want to move on this issue, that the dial is definitely moving. The needle is moving. And so, um, you know, I, I think that there is a lot of promise. Um, whether legislation is enacted that is going to be effective is a, is a, is another issue, but I I am hopeful and I pray, you know, that this is a moment that we take advantage of to make all of our children, our families safer. Because if if we don't do something right now, this is not going to be the last time that you and I speak about some horrific tragedy where children are killed. <laughs> in what we normally thought of as a safe environment or a sanctuary. That is the, clear. And it's the terrible scars that are left behind. Again, uh, surviving comes with a huge price. I mean, my own daughter was in elementary school when Sandy Hook happened. And I asked her about, you know, the drills. You know, when I was a kid, we did fire drills. She, you know, shelter in place. And I asked her, I said, did you ever think like, maybe this is it? Maybe this, and yes, so all of these kids uh, for a decade or so have been in, you know, in this situation where they're afraid and those who have survived these terrible tragedies, uh, the trauma that they will go through for the rest of their lives. So it's not just a one incident at a time. It will damage our society for years and years to come, right? Absolutely. I can't tell you how many times I'll be at a, a rally or an event and there'll be a loud noise in the back of the room or the door will open and everyone turns because they think this is it. This is the end. This is the day that I get killed by a gunman. Um, you know, the other thing is that it's not just the events that have this kind of effect. It's, it's what happens years later. I'm a survivor myself. My own uncle took his own life with a firearm. Um, and there are hundreds of thousands of people in the United States that have lost loved ones um, to, to guns. And that does not go away. That is, that is an injury that stays like any other form of grief. Um, and what, what's interesting is we were, at, we were in Newtown last week for a, a vigil, and it was at Edmond Town Hall. And um, I remember thinking about the significance of that place. Um, Jeremy Richmond, who, whose daughter Aviel was murdered at Sandy Hook Elementary, um, years after that shooting, he took his own life at Edmond Town Hall. Um, and most people in that audience were reminded of that. So, so, you know, there may be a shooting today, but it may not be years later until we see even more heartache and death that that occurs because of that. Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us and uh, sharing uh, some of your thoughts. And we will see what happens uh, with the Senate. And I hope you'll come back on Real Talk. Thank you for having me.
Thank you. Thank you.